0: Out of the way. You have made the mockery of our little synagogue
1: and of Torah. You will tell us your name, your lineage, your... First you, and now your disciples are doing what it is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Have you not read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He entered the house of God in the time of Ahimelech, the priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat but only for the priests. You would compare yourself to David. It was an emergency. Or have you not read in the law how on Shabbat the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath, but are guiltless. That's for Levites. Are you a Levite of priestly lineage? Listen carefully. Something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Son of Man. Let's go.
0: That title, Son of Man, seems to upset a lot of people. Why? Tell you later. I'll tell you later. I can imagine Jesus saying, "I'll tell you later." Um, the chosen is actually a great depiction of the life and ministry of Jesus, and that moment we captured is going to be the theme for our next few weeks. But a little bit of an aside: Did you know? Fun fact: Today it's my fifth anniversary of preaching here at Shepherd of the Valley. I know that's kind of fun. Yeah. So that's really exciting uh, for me. Um, Hopefully it's exciting for you. It's exciting for me. Um, And we are beginning this new series, uh, the first of many over the next year of the practices of Jesus, that we want to look at life as Jesus meant it to be for us. And so we want to fall into the unforced rhythms of his grace, as um, Eugene Peterson's translation of Matthew 11 says that Jesus invites us when we're tired and worn out and weary to come to him. And so this next four weeks, we're gonna be talking about a, a word that you might hear frequently in um, culture, especially if you watch this show, uh, the word Sabbath, um, or in Hebrew, Shabbat, means to stop. Um, and actually, it reminds me of this like comedic bit that um, uh, Bob Newhart did a long time ago. Anyone know who Bob Newhart is in here? Okay. <laughs> So Bob Newhart does this comic bit. It, it, it's on his show, and he's a therapist. And the person coming in to receive therapy, he's like, look, I, I, I'm the kind of therapist that we're going to get it done quick. It's going to be two minutes, cost five bucks, and you know, tell me your problems. But you have to pay first. So the person pays, and, and then he be, she begins to share his problem, and he says, all right, now, hold on. I'm just going to give you two words. You might want to write them down. They're going to change your life. Stop it. Now, today, every therapist in the room is like glaring at me, especially Michelle right now, because I do not want to boil down Michelle's work as a therapist to stop it. But it makes me think of the word Shabbat and the idea of like how simple this idea is, but how hard it is. And like this is difficult, like the idea of stopping and resting. So let me start with a definition of Sabbath how we see it, and we're borrowing from the work of John Mark Comer in practicing the way. So if you wanna check out any of that work, we have a couple of these to go with this sermon out there in print, but it will also be online uh, at sov.church slash worship under recent messages. And we're gonna invite all of us to practice, to take baby steps, Um, now I'm borrowing from like, what about Bob, another 80s movie, Um, to take baby steps, toward the idea of practicing or trying out this Sabbath way of life. So here's the definition of Sabbath that we're working with. Sabbath, a 24-hour time in which we stop all work and set aside the day to rest, delight, and worship. Those happen to be the themes of the next four weeks. Today, we're talking about stop. They are also ways in which the word Sabbath is translated in Hebrew. So the word Sabbath in Hebrew looks like this. Shabbat, like this. Um, these little funny lines at the bottom, those are called vowels in the Hebrew language. Um, that's how people who don't, didn't grow up with Hebrew read Hebrew. Um, and the word Shabbat means stop, cease, or be done. It also is translated several times in the Bible as to delight or worship. It is a robust word. And it is how we actually get our seven-day work week. Did you know that? That uh, we get our seven-day week from the scriptures. And it comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So in Genesis chapter 2, it says this. Thus the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. So Genesis 1 is like the seven days of creation, or six days of creation, And then it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. There's the word, Shabbat. He stopped. He stopped. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I love this phrase, that God blessed the seventh day. We just spent a year talking about what God's blessing is in our life, that the hashtag blessed idea is far too shallow for what God means. And what we mean by blessed is that God's life-giving presence with us through all circumstances, good and bad, that God has come to be with us. So God blessed a day, um, the day that he wanted to separate for us to be with him. Now, we'll get to some thoughts later about like kind of what that means, but Paul, in a much later when he's writing to the church, he said, some people say it's this day of the week. Other people bless this day. So it's not about what day. It's the idea that one of seven is a place where God wants to give us his life-giving presence in a unique way. And then we call that Shabbat or Sabbath. Now, the text goes on. Uh, it says, uh, f- he says, because it, he rested from all the work that he had done. Now, anyone in this room um, in the last maybe like year, have you said, I just wish there were like eight days in a week? Anyone? <laughs> anyone in this room said maybe like, um, gosh, if there were only five more hours in the day, right? Uh, these are things that I find myself saying frequently. That actually like our culture is is designed to push us at a different pace than what we see here in the scripture. That God actually stopped and rested. Did you notice that it it wasn't like Adam and Eve like that, that stopped and rested first. It was God who stopped and rested. So like when I start listing off the things I do, like have to do in a week and I'm like, oh gosh, there's not enough time in the day. I'm like, I just, you know what? I can power through this. God rested. Or like, hey, I would, I would stop, I would, but you know, these people are counting on me. How many people are counting on God? God rested. If God rested, how much more so do we need to stop and just take account and pause? So what is the Sabbath biblically? Because the people of Jesus um, in his time had put all these rules around Sabbath and you saw it in the video that they got all spun up about Jesus breaking rules of the Sabbath, Uh, but they had missed in all their rules around the Sabbath, the purpose of it. So let me show you what I think biblically is the purpose. It's this, Sabbath was designed to be relationship building with God and with community with each other. That's what it is. It's to slow down on all the tasks, all the things that need to be done in order to just take a minute and look each other in the eye. And I wanna tell you, by the way, as we come into this, I'm not coming into this from a like, I have this figured out, like we're doing great at this. In fact, Michelle and I, as we were prepping for this series like weeks ago, she's like, you're gonna teach on Sabbath because we're not doing so great at that right now. And so this has actually been like a time of like, oh, the Lord wants to do something in me in this season and slow me down and teach me and teach my family. Um, Actually, um, the one uh, on our preaching team who's like leading the way right now on this is Gabby. She's been walking this for a season and it's been really neat to hear her reflections and kind of take on some of the things that she's been learning. But the idea of Sabbath is largely about how God wants to relate with us and how he wants us to relate with each other. Because I believe that you and I, we are wired for relationship. It's hardwired into our DNA. And the pace at which our culture wants to drive us, wants to push us away from that rhythm so that we feel disconnected, not on purpose. It's just the nature of the thing. Do you know what my most challenging thing against the idea of Sabbath and resting is? It's that little black triangle or rectangle that I carry in my triangle. It's that little black rectangle I carry in my pocket all the time. Like, it is a great disconnector because there's always something interesting on the screen that we can look at. Um, So, this idea that Sabbath was designed for relationship building and uh, with God and community, um, you may hear sometimes, like, hey, buy this next vacation package. Or for $69.95, I will sell you a book that tells you how to rest and stop. Or like maybe you do, if you buy this special program, then you can do all the appropriate steps for resting. Do you remember what the word means? Stop. We don't need to buy anything. In fact, maybe we shouldn't buy anything. Can you imagine? Wait, pause. What if one day of our week, seven seven days a week, this is just me brainstorming right now. What if we didn't buy anything that one day? How much money might we save? (laughs) The idea is free. In fact, it's a gift. It's a gift and it's not something that God is trying to get from us, but it's something he wants for us. The first day of of God's, of Adam's life when he was created, if you look at the Genesis story, um, Genesis one is the building of the world. Does anyone for bonus points, remember what day man was created on? The sixth day, sixth day. So Genesis uh, 1, on the sixth day, he creates mankind. Then that means the the seventh day was Adam's first day. So Adam's first day of existence was like, like not Monday morning. He was not like pressing snooze on the alarm. He wasn't like, I better get to work right now. That actually in the Bible, Adam's first day of creation of his life was the day of rest. See, what I believe is that we were designed to work from a place of being rested. If you've been around Shepherd a while, you've seen this come up a couple of times. Like I usually use like a pendulum picture, like the pendulum swings from work to rest. Even one time I grabbed one of those paddle ball things, but I learned that I can't use those paddle ball things, so... I spare you, but our culture wants us to like work, 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 go, go, go. And even in our rest, it's like, go, 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 get to this vacation spot, do this thing. And it's like, get the bucket list done. And it's like, hold up, breathe, slow down. It even makes its way into the 10 commandments. Now, when we think of the 10 commandments, usually we think of like the, the list of rules Um, The first 10 of 613 rules. Um, And that's the problem with the religious people of Jesus' day is that they viewed them as like, hey, these are the rules. You got to follow the rules. When you break one of the rules, God's mad at you and you're in trouble. But if you understand the literature of the 10 commandments, it's actually more like in our day, like wedding vows than like a list of specific rules. That it's, uh, it's the outlining a relationship between God and us. That God in the Ten Commandments is saying, as you follow this way of life, you put before the world a different picture of what a relationship with God could look like. A beautiful one. You see, they're actually gifts to us, each of the commands. And we're going to talk about, in our numbering system, the third commandment today. The third commandment is actually the longest one. the Ten Commandments, of the text of the Ten Commandments, it takes up like 33% of 10, one of 10. There's a lot that God has to say about Sabbath. He says this when he gives the Ten Commandments. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I love the command. The command is to remember. Why might the command be to remember instead of like do? Because we forget. Because we're not human beings, we're, we're, we're not human doings, we're human beings. Like this idea of like, hey, we do, 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 there's lots of things to do, but the idea is to remember, remember who God is and whose we are. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. I love this phrase, a Sabbath to the Lord. It's a gift to us that we give back to him. That's what real relationship is like. It's this mutuality of, of connection. It's a, uh, and then he keeps going. He says, on it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your female or male servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested. On the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. He quotes Genesis again as they're writing the instructions, the the articulation of what relationship with God looks like. Did you know that in the US, like we're probably one of the only culture that, that brags about breaking this commandment? Have you? I've done this. Have you ever bragged about how busy you are? Oh, I'm just so busy. I have all these things going on. Am I the only one? I confess your pastor is a sinner. <laughs> the idea is like, hey, you know, we get, we get reward for being busy, but yet it goes against the grain of how we were designed. And when that breaks for us, what it looks like is all the crazy anxiety that we experience. Anyone stay up late at night thinking about all the things that you have on your list? Anyone lose sleep in the last week or two? Anyone find that your rhythms are unsustainable? I have. I've experienced it. You see, and everything in our culture pushes against that for us. I love what John Mark Comer says. He says that um, in, in American culture, the Western culture, a low-level exhaustion has become the new norm. I see a lot of you nodding. <laughs> but here's the problem. See, much, uh, later in the text, when... when um, they give the Hebrew prayer, the Shema. It says, uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then later, Jesus quotes that as the greatest command. Do you know what I've discovered? At least in my own life, it's hard to love others and God when we're exhausted. Amen? Anyone get hangry in the room? Like, I get hangry. Sometimes Michelle will be like, on the phone with me. She'll be like, have you eaten lunch today? I'm like, oh, right, I'm kind of being a jerk right now. I think the same is true for how tired we get and and for this low-level exhaustion that just runs through our culture. You see, we speed up, but it slows us down. It's it's really counterintuitive. uh, But what I believe about this command is that we don't have to keep Sabbath. Sabbath. We get to, because it's a gift. It's God's gift to us. Our seven-day work week was designed off of this idea. It's hardwired into our DNA. Did you know that they've tried at various times to change the work week? Like uh, the last time was uh, the French Revolution. They tried a 10-day work week. They, do you know what happened? Napoleon happened. Great idea, right? That, that the mental health of a whole community plummeted, that we weren't designed to go that hard, that long to try to increase productivity. In fact, new studies are coming out that if you have a better pace of life, your productivity goes up, not down. If you work less, you actually achieve more sometimes. And I think it's because of how we're designed. We don't have to Sabbath, we get to. Like I said before, Paul, when he's teaching on this, he's teaching to people who are both Jews and Gentiles, like all cultures. And he said, look, some, some groups lift up one day as holy, the first day of the week. Other groups lift up a different day as holy. It doesn't matter which day, as long as we are lifting up a day as holy, that this rhythm of life, this invitation. The video clip that you saw of Jesus is challenging the religious elites on Sabbath, was because they had surrounded it with so many rules that it had become just another weight on their shoulders. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about the, the yoke of Jesus, that, that his way of life that he wants to put on us, but we have to shed the other yokes. Otherwise, trying to do this is just like, you want me to get my list done and take one day a week to stop? Uh, but that isn't the rhythm that Jesus is inviting us to. He's inviting us to let go of it all. And you know what? Balls might drop, right? (laughs) But as God places on us his rhythm, he reminds us whose we are. And he reminds us of a different way. So Jesus says this when he challenges the religious people on this. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So I don't want to get that backwards in our life. That as God has given us this opportunity to experience a day of relationship building with him and with each other, that that is for our benefit, for our good, so that we can experience the real life that he gives us. Here's a chart of what the two ways of doing life might look like. This is from John Mark Comer's work. When we are living in restlessness, when we are kind of, Hounding it away, trying to get work, 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 work. Even in our vacation, is work, 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 work. We live in hurry. We experience burnout. We experience the world as noisy or chaotic. That we're grasping for something. That we experience high levels of anxiety and control. I mean, anyone with me on this? Have we not lived out of this well for a while? We have. But what Jesus is inviting us to in his way, in his pattern, in his yoke, in the Sabbath, in practicing the Sabbath as gift, not order, is he wants to create margin for us, space. Sustainable peace. That he wants quiet, clarity of thought and engagement. He wants us to live out of rhythms of gratitude, peace, and trust. This sustainable pace thing. And when we don't run at a sustainable pace, like we can't experience all the other stuff that God's having for us because we're running on fumes all the time. And in fact, as I go over this list, margin, like some of you might be like, what does margin even look like, Jeremy? I don't even know. Because that's how bad it is for us. But what I wanna invite us to is to a, a baby step of practicing Sabbath. Sabbath. And so, I wanted to start with a story of someone among us, someone who's part of our congregation, who's experienced both sides of this over the past couple of years. And so, I want to invite Sue up as she's going to share a little bit about her story. Can we welcome Sue? Thank you. Well,
1: thanks, and good morning. Um, I worked in ministry for about 12 years and in different capacities, um, partly as a regular volunteer in a leadership position, part-time, and then full-time for about five years. And when I started, I had a really good rhythm to the work. I would be still, be with the Lord, let His words fall on me, let them take root in my heart before I ever turned it around and tried to make it a message for somebody else. And, but when COVID came, everything changed. Um, it was a mess, as most of us can remember. But having to work from home, all of a sudden, the work was right there down the hall. Um, we had to rethink and reorganize how we did everything. But most of all that I noticed is there were so many people to care for. There were not only in the congregation, the congregation, the volunteers, leaders, my own family, my mom who was in memory care at the time, um, friends of mine, and then trying to take care of my own spirit in the midst of all of that. And unfortunately, I always came last. It felt like the world was falling apart a little bit. Everybody was stressed and anxious, Um, fear was rampant. But I think overall, my heart was in the right place. What I really wanted to do is help people. But the hours that I started working were absolutely ridiculous. And on that rare occasion when I wasn't working, I was actually making lists of all the things I needed to do. It felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and it never belonged there. Uh, Somehow along the way, I kind of forgot that I can't carry the world or even a small piece of it. My eyes were focused on the need and the need was great. There was a lot of need. But what I needed is to take time to just be still, to stop, to rest, to just hand it over to Jesus and trust him. The one who is faithful to all our needs, that's what I needed. I started to realize during that time that my passion even, my, um, just my joy for the job, my light for Christ was actually growing dim, which was a bit scary. I uh, talked with friends and family. I knew this disconnect was happening. I had people praying for me. I even had people offering to help. I might have not taken them up on that, which I should have. There were a lot of other variables going on during this time. I lost my mom and uh, just strained relationships, just as Jeremy just talked about. When you're exhausted, it's hard to love people. And I came to a full stop when I quit my position in full-time ministry. And that time in my life has marked me for life. Um, Scars that have healed, but are ever-present, and I'm thankful for them to help me remember to be still and know that God is God, and thankfully, I am not. When we forget, just like Jeremy said, when we forget to Sabbath, to stop, to cease working, there's something really interesting going on in our heart that we need to take notice of. Because somewhere along the line, we have stopped trusting God. It isn't intentional. It's super sneaky and sneaks up on you. But it is... It is a feeling like we can't stop or we're going to drop all the balls that we have up in the air. Sabbath isn't about taking a nap, although sometimes that's exactly what you need. More importantly, Sabbath is about handing it all over to Jesus and trusting him with it. The pile on our desk or the one in the laundry basket, the list of to-dos, and all the other things that are running through our heads, but also the harder things, like the care of a loved one or the pain and suffering of others. Jesus really can. He's got the whole world in his hands. Why do we try to do that? Sometimes we can feel like we don't have time to rest. I hear that all the time, I use that all the time. I always, I don't have time, I don't have time. But when we do, when we stop and we rest, and we just give it to him for a little while, all of a sudden it feels like you have more time. Because when my mind is refreshed, I can work more efficiently, when my heart is filled with all the things that he gives me when I finally slow down so that I can receive them, his grace, his peace, his patience, his kindness, all of those, then of course the work goes more smoothly altogether and so do relationships. And when my body is rested, I can go the extra mile with somebody who needs it. Jesus can. And he will keep all the balls in the air, at least the ones that are most important. But Sabbath is ultimately designed to give us this rhythm of trust in the one who loves us more than we could ever imagine. So if you're at that place, I just really encourage you to stop before before you feel like you're really over the edge. And Jeremy's going to give us some examples of how to do that. Thank you.
0: So as we close, I want to give you just a couple practical steps. And like I said, we have resources on our website or a few in print um, as you go to the Connection Center. Three simple steps, baby steps to practicing Sabbath. One, Pick a time to Sabbath and give it a try. Uh, Just one day. And if you can't do a day right now, a section of a day. And pick it as a a commitment for the next four weeks that you're gonna try this rhythm. Now, some people do a traditional Sabbath. Um, For Christians, that would be Sunday, right? The first day of the week because that's the day Jesus rose on. Uh, Or in the Hebrew tradition, it's Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown, a rhythm. Um, Or for some of us who have different work schedules like myself, that uh, we practice Sabbath uh, Friday is the ideal day for us. So um, whatever your schedule allows for, choose one day, just set it aside. And then part two of that is that pick a beginning and an end tradition. Now, this is new to me. This is something that I'm trying this round. Um, So I use every day the Lectio 365 devotion. It's free online app. It's great. It's great. Um, there's other devotions like that, that you can say, all right, I'm going to begin and end my Sabbath with this moment of devotion or a a prayer. In Jewish tradition, it's a meal, the Kaddish, which, hey, give me a meal, I'm in. Um, (laughs) But choose a rhythm that begins and ends for you so that you can mark out the time. And then third, pick one to three ideas for practicing Sabbath. So coming to worship is a huge part of resting of Sabbath, of stopping that we can bless our kids as they do in like the Kaddish and part of Jewish tradition. Or you can take a nap, as uh, Sue said, right? Or you could do all sorts of things. Like Michelle and I, when the weather is actually nice around here, we go for walks as part of our resting and we talk. But the idea on this list, I have a sample list for you um, and this list will exist online as well. The, The list, a whole bunch of things on it, you can take a peek. Um, But expressing gratitude, like just write a few thank you notes as a way of stopping and pausing in the system. Whatever you do, like guide it, let it be something you get to do, not something you have to do. And let it be something that reflects God's desire for relationship with us and his desire for us to be in relationship with each other. Don't put too many rules around it. Otherwise, we end up doing the same thing that Jesus came after. Let's pause and pray as we continue in our worship today. Gracious God, we thank you that you lived a life on earth of rest. I thank you that you challenged the religious presuppositions that would put rules that were burdensome over relationships. And that you taught us that the Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath. God, we pray that you would teach us the rhythms of your grace that give life in a world that's really busy. We pray that you would teach us to let go in such a way that we can truly rest in you. And we pray that the work you're doing in us, that that would be a work that you do through us in the world that because of what you're doing in us, that our friends, our neighbors might experience a lighter version of us and might experience your grace through us. And we pray that we would order our steps to match yours. And we thank you for promising to be with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name.